FinTech Hunting is hosted by Michael Hammett, JD, CMT, keynote speaker, author, and founder and president of Next Level Advisors. Join Michael as he seeks out tech visionaries, leading lenders, trailblazing executives, and other financial influencers to bring you actionable insights and lead generation tactics, all centered around industry greatness and success. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to a new episode of the FinTech Hunting Podcast. We'd like to thank our sponsors, Incelerate, Lenders Logic, WFG Enterprise Solutions, FinLocker, and Next Level Advisors. Well, we are in for a treat today. I am so excited about our next guest. He is an industry veteran. He has extensive experience in financial services. He's work with companies like CoreLogic and Digital Risk and First American. But ladies and gentlemen, we have an industry first on this podcast. He is also a rocket scientist. Please help me welcome to the show, Tom Showalter. He is the founder and CEO of Candor Technologies. Tom, welcome to the show. Thank you. Thank you very much. And thank you for the introduction. Oh, well, it is great to have you. You are definitely the first rocket scientist that I have had on the FinTech Hunting Podcast. So you have a wealth of experience. For our listeners who don't know you, tell us a little bit about kind of how did you get into financial services and walk us through a little bit of your background to start off. Sure, sure. I um, started off life as a military officer. Thank and you for your um, service. You're welcome. You're welcome. Um, I had a bachelor's in psychology from Rutgers University, and then from there I went to the University of Virginia where I did my doctoral work in statistics. And from there I went into the Air Force where I got an introduction in all things engineering from an aerospace standpoint, very, very helpful background. Um, and the Air Force then let me over to NASA for about four years. So I spent eight years in the military, half of which I spent at NASA. And I was at the Ames Research Center in Mountain View, California. Unbelievable experience, both of them, both the Systems Command in the Air Force and uh, NASA learned a lot of valuable technologies, which I've been able to repackage and port to the mortgage space. And I'll tell you a little bit about that in a minute. Uh, after, after the Air Force, I went to a place called Stanford University where I got my MBA. And from Stanford, I then got introduced to the um, the world of sort of kind of financial stuff with TRW credit data, which became Experian. Okay. So I started off as a, as a product and marketing exec in um, in TRW, which was a very a very robust experience in all things data and technology with regard to credit, and int got introduced via one way or another to the world of mortgages through an introduction to a place called Loan Performance. And Loan Performance and I got along famously. And then I went from there after we got purchased to First American. And from First American, I ended up at CoreLogic. And from CoreLogic, I ended up a little little bit of a detour, which a very pleasant experience, which was to Digital Risk down in Orlando, California. So I kind of went from learning the ins and outs of the information services space to financial services to learning from credit card to collections to then to... Um, 
the mortgage space. And in the mortgage space, I got a, a great introduction in both the secondary market, which was loan performance. They were positioned as a vendor to the capital markets. Okay. Then I ended up in CoreLogic, and then from CoreLogic ended up in um, Digital Risk, which was really, although they served the secondary market, we, we got a very rigorous look at the um, origination space, how loans were made. And for Digital Risk job was a forensic auditor after the meltdown. So they were their job was to find loans with problems. So I went from a secondary market exposure to the primary markets where loans are made and then, then got a look at how to think about forensically auditing loans. So ended up being able to port not only the aerospace experience, but the financial services experience to Candor to then apply it to the manufacturing of loans. So I know that's a very lengthy process, but it actually did draw upon all, all dimensions of my background to, to create what is now Candor. So I hope that makes some sense, but that's that's where I ended up. It does, and we're going to get into Candor shortly, but tell me a little bit, but with all of that experience, with mm -hmm. the market shifting from a refi to a purchase market, what are some of the things you're seeing in the mortgage industry, and what are some of the technologies that you think are the most prevalent or the ones that mm -hmm. lenders really need to start exploring? Sure, excellent question. So what am I seeing? Well, we did... We had the privilege of uh, developing digital risk and selling it, and uh, selling it for a good profit. We sold it for we sold it for uh, to to uh, folks that had an interest in buying into the mortgage space. And so when we sold that, I was able to take some time off and start talking to people who are in the mortgage space about their problems. And I did approximately fifty such interviews. It was sort of like the Tom Showalter podcast, only not a podcast. <laughs> but but I, I had the privilege of interviewing, oh, 50 or so mortgage executives. And, and this was over a five-year period. But I was able to learn what their challenges were. And, and, and it was interesting in that very rarely when you interview that many people do you get consistency of opinion. You, you've been on the business of interviewing people for a long time now and how often do you interview 50 and find roughly the same conclusions every time right i did so what we found from interviewing the mortgage space was that they were having two major problems in this 2016 17 18 and so forth one was mortgages were costing too much to make they couldn't make them. They were they were going from $5,000 a loan to $12,000 a loan, including a variety of different kinds of stats. But $12,000 to make a loan from $5,000 is a huge increase. So the cost to make a loan was, was, was increasing. The other thing that was happening was that I got warned by executives who said, Tom, if you create one of your black boxes and take the cost out, but you take the quality out, I'm going to come after you with with a hammer and tong because you're going <laughs> to you're going to mess me up big time so what i want you to do is take the cost out but i want you to maintain the quality of the loan so that the data has integrity the loan has integrity it can be priced efficiently so those were kind of like my marching orders and of course uh, along the way we learned as the volume exploded in 2020 that they also wanted a third thing to happen which was 
they wanted it to be have almost unlimited capacity for whatever whatever technology had to have capacity and so somewhere in there we started laying the foundation for what was become candor technology which is something we call the loan engineering system okay. and we designed that to take the labor out while preserving the integrity of the loan and, and so we we first looked at one technology which was called rpas and, and and that did not really have the ability to be dynamic and adaptive we, we when we looked at the back office which is where the problem was that we were going to attack we took a look at the cost problem it was in two parts there's a marketing cost which we didn't think we knew how to fix and there was a back office cost which we thought we could fix so we'll fix that so we focused there it was a slightly smaller problem although when you're talking about thousands of dollars alone and six million loans a year it's not exactly a small market exactly so, so so we took a look at that and started working on that problem and we found out that it really it meaning the technology needed to be dynamic and adaptive to solve the underwriting problem which we had concluded from our interviews was at the heart of the bottleneck this was the problem they couldn't get enough underwriting capacity to either make a loan more efficiently or to make more loans if needed. So th this underwriting bottleneck was something we sought to solve. And when we sought to solve it with technology, which means that most technologies don't think, they don't, uh, they don't adapt dynamically. They just don't. Right. And so we had to develop a technology that would think, that would, that would respond adaptively. And we, we had a technology in my background, which was called expert systems. I used to, I used to make, super secret systems for the NSA and the and um, the CIA way back in my aerospace background. So took a page out of their book, which was to make systems that would duplicate how an intelligent analyst thinks. And we, we ported that technology over and repurposed it to figure out how an underwriter thinks. And so we set about the task of duplicating how an underwriter thinks in, in an expert system framework. That tends that that eventually worked really well but underline eventually because we started off of well, it took us we laid our first line of code in 2018 we we didn't get done with something that would really process alone intelligently until august of 2020 so it took some time to get that to work and the way we had to get it to work uh we, we had a difficulty in teaching a machine to think dynamically and adaptively. It, machines don't do that. Right. They're, they're, they're very static. So what we ended up having to do, we created something called a pivot point, which is a point at which the decision, a decision has to be made. This is a point where an underwriter would decide to go path A or path B or path A, path B or path C. And so we, we taught the machine each of these pivot points. And so to give you an idea of how big a job that was, we had to program 23,861 pivot points. That's a bunch. Yeah, That's absolutely. A bunch. Now, I, I've got some programmers with fingers that are half their normal size by now. I mean, it, it was an unbelievable task. And the people that did it were phenomenal. But we were able to create this very precisely defined problem we called a pivot point. And we were able to teach a machine how to navigate a pivot point. And of course, we had 24,000 of them rounding up a bit. 
And once we got to the critical mass of 20 plus thousand pivot points, the machine started responding adaptively and dynamically. Before that, before that, it looked stupid. It was like it get halfway through something and say, oh, so sorry, I don't know what to do. <laughs> okay, gotcha. <laughs> okay, okay, we're done now. And the answer is no, we're not done now, Kander, but Kander thought it was done. So we ended up having a, a, a struggle there during 2020, 2019, 2020, of getting the machine to have a robust enough portfolio of pivot points in order to really be dynamic and adaptive. So now we've gotten to that point and we did that in the conventional conforming space. And so we're thinking that now the, the job is to expand it to FHA and VA, which we're doing. And of course that will increase the pivot point population and the machine will grow in its capabilities, but it's working very, very well now. And one of the things that our customers like about it, yes, they like the fact that it takes out labor and they like the fact that the underwriter touches per loan can go up, oh gosh, 15, 16, 17 touches. Underwriters, loans per underwriter now are not uncommon in a candor system. It used to be 2.4, now it's 15. So it's been very, very, very good from the productivity standpoint. It also has been very, very good from a speed standpoint. Uh, our clients are able to conduct some underwrites once the data is ingested in 20 seconds or less. That's amazing. Absolutely. An underwrite in 20 seconds. And, and what they've been able to do with, with that capabilities, they've been able to shave off many, many days of cycle time in their loan manufacturing process, which is heretofore been very stubborn. All right. People have tried to make a loan faster, and we've been able to shave off 18 days of cycle time from the average loan history. So you go from 42 days to less 18 to 20 some days to now it takes to make a loan with candor. And of course, it's going to it's going to shrink even further. So we've been able to do those things. And the, the nice thing we've been able to see is that the consumer who's loaned we're manufacturing is starting to see things faster, starting to see things from a cleaner perspective. The loans not doesn't have as many errors in it. And also they're starting to see some the interface with the consumer is getting to be much more efficient. So when you put candor early in the process, it's able to tell you exactly what you need to satisfy this investor for this loan. Before that, you had a, you had a loan officer trying to guess at what would satisfy this investor for this loan for this borrower. Right. So, so now we're able to tell that, that borrower, that applicant, exactly what this investor needs and the, the loan officer then can be the, the conveyor of complete and, and uh, direct information which which is something that's very very helpful because it enables the borrower to go out and get exactly what's needed for this loan to submit it submits it only once and now and now it can be done so what we're starting to see besides the fact that the process is faster the the applicants are starting to get more satisfied they're starting to have more confidence and people that use candor aren't the lenders are now starting to see more of those loans they manufacture being absorbed by by the consumer. So this, they're going from a pull-through rate of about 65 to one of about 80 or 85. So they've been, been enjoying that quite a bit. What great statistics that you shared of analyzing what was the problem and then addressing it head-on with advanced technology and, and going through the technology and saying, hey, RPA is probably not going to work for us. We, we need to... You know, to use your term, pivot and find out what's going to best work. One of the questions I always get while I'm on this FinTech Hunting podcast is, Michael, you talk about a lot of great technology. There's a lot of wonderful tools out there. 
but if it doesn't fit into my tech stack, I don't want to hear about it. I don't want to see it. Walk me through that process because it's a question I always get, and I'm sure you get it just as well. Sure. How does a solution like Candor fit into lenders' current tech stacks? And give me some timeframes and everything like that. Oh, another another great question. Well, well, not having the technology fitting your tech stack is like having a great car in the driveway and you don't have the keys. Right. Can't, can't do a thing with it. So, so what we've been able to do is build a bridge to loan origination systems. So Candor sits as middleware between the lender and the LOS. So, so the lender gets on the LOS as they always have. Their underwriter can get on it, their loan processor, their loan officer. They can go to, they can call up Candor and then they start seeing the Candor display. So Candor, they can, they, they punch the run Candor button and Candor then starts telling them what they need to do next. What ha and if it's got data in there already, like they've submitted a pay stub or they've submitted a credit report, it'll, it'll take note of what's there and it'll start giving the, the uh, loan processor, in this case usually, the feedback about what this particular loan needs next. So it sits there and it's a very helpful guide and, and we've had to work a lot with the way we presented the conditions Kendra presents to enable them to be sufficiently directional and specific so that a loan officer or a uh, underwriter or, or, or a uh, loan processor knows exactly what to go do. Because if you send them off on a wild, wild goose chase, you haven't solved anything. So, so we've, right. we've had a lot of work there. Mm -hmm. Fantastic. And I, I think it's critical because like we talked about, a lot of people ask about that. And there's a lot of shiny object syndrome out oh, yeah. there. There's a lot of failed installs, a lot more than we ever hear about because people don't want to promote, hey, this didn't work, that didn't work. I love how you tested it, you validated it. You now have a number of lenders running this solution. And to your mm -hmm. point, it's cut cost. Mm -hmm. It's improved accuracy. It's validated data and you have better data integrity. Those are you know, proof points to say, hey, it's really working. So. Yeah. What are some of the things that you see next? You know, where, where else can a technology like this be applied? You mentioned FHA, VA, so obviously different lending types, but where else can technology like this continue to expand its use in the mortgage industry and continue to drive down costs? Good question. There, let me tell you the directions our customers want to go. Because <laughs> we're going to go there. <laughs> and in fact, we're going to go there and they're going to demand that we go there. So step number one is obviously the horizontal application, expand to FHA, expand to VA, and so forth. But they're now wanting us to, to see us go uh, towards the POS space. They want to get candor technology closer to the applicant because they're finding the closer they put candor to their applicant, the faster the lender is the more efficient the lender is and the more satisfied the applicant tends to be. So they want to move candor up in the process and, and they're going there. Um, we have a request to create uh, a direct to the consumer capability, which is being launched here. I think it's this sprint, which just, just got released. So we have our, our clients taking it on a direct to the consumer play here in the month of June unbelievable when you think about it unbelievable they, they have enough confidence in the technology to let it talk directly to their applicants which is amazing 
The other thing that's happening is that Candor has the ability to create a blockchain database. It stores everything it sees and hears about the underwrite, everything. So it's got this blockchain data that sits there and it's got an indelible record of the underwrite. And now they're saying, Tom, we'd like to use these data to analyze how we make a loan and to make a loan better, to make a loan more efficiently, to make a loan higher quality, to make a loan faster. And so they're looking at taking this data and analyzing it to figure out how to make mortgages better, faster, cheaper, as in all three. And so they're taking us in these two directions. One is to direct the consumer and the other is back towards the data and of course that data eventually ends up in the secondary market where some of their investors are already reporting that these loans are extremely clean look very good and they like buying them fantastic mm -hmm. tell me a little bit about you know with this technology is it only for the top lenders can it be implemented and executed on by all lenders? Give me a, a little bit better perspective on that from a market uh, view. It's, it's all lenders. We, we, have, um, we have some very small lenders that do just a few hundred loans a month to those that do. One lender does 65,000 loans a month on Cantor. <laughs> Excellent. Yeah. Because one of the challenges a lot of times when this new technology is implemented it's great for the top 10 and they can afford it and use it and all the little guys who could really benefit from it and level the playing field really never get a chance uh to taste that champagne and use that yeah. so i love to hear that it, it comes across the whole spectrum of mm -hmm. lenders where what are some of the other challenges you see in the mortgage industry as we're wrapping up you and i could talk about this forever i think it's very fascinating i, I love the conversation we're having what are some of the other things or where do you see the industry going for the rest of 2021 and into 2022? We, obviously we've shifted. It's now more of a purchase market than a refi market. Mm -hmm. What are some of the other things that you see taking place, especially from the data that you have acquired? Well, I, I, I see, um, I see lenders wanting to go towards the consumer with technology, getting more forward facing with consumers leveraging what has been the POS play and expanding that with maybe the addition of a candor, as we mentioned, going forward. And again, back to back to this data analysis, they're looking for methods. They would like to figure out a way, and we, we have a way for them to do this, to know exactly where our loan is in its manufacturing so that they know exactly which resource to give it to make the, the best loan possible, the fastest to the most efficiently. We have something we've created called smart codes and the smart codes analyze each condition as it's being being presented and then identifies exactly the kind of problem that condition has been designed to solve. So what our lenders like so they can take the smart code and they can go and say, oh, this needs to go to Jody over here in pick a place right. where, because she's the one who can solve that specific problem better than anybody in our business. So. They love the fact that this you're evolving from a manual process to a computer automated process, and it has a little bit of a CAD CAM flavor, and they're kind of loving that, to be honest with you, because they're seeing the ability to now have a machine read the underwrite history and then do something intelligent with it going forward. 
Well, I love how you mentioned do something with it intelligent going forward. And I think one of the things with the technology is when people leverage it properly, it enhances the borrower experience and Correct. it enhances the relationship you have with your borrower. I've talked about it on the show many times, the average borrower is going to get seven to 11 loans over the course of their lifetime. And currently 85% of those people don't go back to their first lender. If you can deliver a faster, better, quicker, and more cost-effective experience, they're going to come back for loan two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, and eleven. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Very, very powerful. Tom, as we wind down, and like I said, you've given me a wealth of information. I'll definitely have you on the show again. I love this discussion. What's the best way if somebody has some questions, if they want to find out more about Candor, if they want to uh, have a discovery call, how can they get a hold of you? And what's the best way to get a hold of Candor to find out more information? Two ways. One is we have a website, candortechnology.com. Go there, request a demo. You can leave, you can ask for information. You get a whole host of things. Or if you want to get a hold of me directly, it's tshowalter at candortechnology.com. And I will respond either way. Love to hear from you. Outstanding. You have shared so many good things. I know our listeners are going to be taking notes. Uh, hopefully you'll get some people reaching out to you because this is fascinating technology. I love how you've applied what you learned in the Air Force and NASA and through all your financial experiences to improve the actual process because I think that should be a goal for all of us. And secondarily, it also improved the borrower experience. When you can combine those two, very, very powerful. Tom, thank you for being a guest on this episode of the FinTech Hunting Podcast. Thank you, Michael. Are you looking to close more loans in 2021? Experience Accelerate's award-winning customer engagement platform, featuring lead management, CRM, call routing, sales enablement, marketing automation, borrower engagement, and data intelligence through innovative use of multi-channel marketing, text, social media, email, direct mail, phone, ringless voicemail, retargeting, and so much more. Accelerate, helping lenders close more loans through better borrower engagement. Schedule your personal demo today at Incelerate.com. Introducing FinLocker, a financial super app that originators can provide their customers to improve credit, create and track budgets, save for their financial goals, and get mortgage ready. Users can even search for a home and start their loan application directly from the app. Create customers for life with FinLocker. Are you struggling to keep up with record origination volumes? From property valuation and appraisal to title insurance and closing services, WFG Enterprise Solutions provides flexible mortgage origination services that address your organization's needs head-on. By taking the time to understand how you run your business, WFG can create solutions that save you time and money on every transaction. That's why WFG consistently earns Net Promoter's world-class ranking for customer satisfaction. Innovative solutions, world-class customer satisfaction. Get to know WFG today at WFGLS.com. FinTech Hunting is brought to you by Next Level Advisors. Next Level Advisors, where businesses come to grow.